Well, welcome back to the Miss Independence podcast. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about back to school and how we can best set ourselves up or our loved ones for success, whether that be for college or elementary school or even a trade school. It's uh, really important to have a proactive plan to be able to get back into the routine at school because a summer routine and back to school routines are definitely different. And uh, having a shift in between, you know, the two can make things go a lot smoother. But before we get into that, I kind of just wanted to announce that I am going to be doing an episode, a uh, Q&A episode, where you guys are going to submit questions and I will answer them. Um, so I got to do that for episode 10 and this is episode 5. So we have time to have those questions submitted, but um, I just wanted to let you guys know that you guys can Instagram the Miss Independence podcast page, and I will put those in a Google Doc, and then we will um, have that special episode. Um, just a little caveat, I will not be answering questions that are um, like diagnostic related, obviously, because I am not a doctor and I do not want to be offering medical advice or legal advice or any kind of thing, but any kind of general questions you have about um, chronic illness or what it's like or tips or tricks, that's totally fine. But yeah, I just wanted to put it out there that I'm obviously not a medical dietitian or diagnostic, whatever, dietitian. I'm not that either. Um, But anyway, back to today's episode. Um, And I guess on that note, if you guys have not liked the Instagram or the TikTok, um, I encourage you to go and find those pages because they have great updates throughout the week about what is going on. And I have some stuff in the background that I'm trying to plan out that if you're on those pages, you'll be able to see updates for those uh, announcements as well. So like I said, today we're going to be talking about back-to-school tips. And I think that from my experience when I was in both elementary school and back-to-school, um, like I said, I really like to be proactive because I, I'm somebody, and I think part of this has kind of been my anxiety, but I really like to get things done. I don't really like to procrastinate. It just does not sit well with me. In fact, I'm kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum where I'm obsessive. Um, So uh, with that, I um, like to be able to talk about um, ways in which we can be proactive. So I think, you know, obviously the first step would be to, um, again, like know your schedule for like your younger kids, know who their teacher is going to be, um, hopefully you know what school they're going to and having all that paperwork filled out. If you're in college, um, making sure you're signed up for all your classes and your tuition's paid for. And if you use any of the educational assistant programs like Voc Rehab or the disability services on campus, making sure that you're in touch with them to be uh, in those um, services just to make sure that they're set up because you don't want to get to that start of the semester and be like, oh, I'm actually not enrolled in the program. So uh, just making, again, making sure that all your ducks are in the row and that you have all the right information is where I would start. Because um, it's just so vital if, in order to make an action plan, you have to have all the correct information. The th- second thing I would say, as in kind of reflecting on both my college and elementary experience, is um, have a list of tools. You know, like when you're younger, you have your school supplies And that, you know, every parent, you know, parents take their kids shopping and they get their little backpacks and their clothes and glue sticks and all that jazz. Um, And so, 
you know, with both of that, you want to make sure that you have all the supplies you're going to need in order to be successful. I think that it's just so important to be able to have what you need and have those resources along with the information. Because, yes, you can have the information, but if you don't have, uh, you know, the resources, that's also important, too, because that's just kind of the next level in order to really utilize the information that people are giving you. Uh, so with that, when you're an older, you know, when you're older and in college, that could be the textbooks or the, um, you know, again, your accommodations, uh, your syllabi, um, an agenda. I always like to have an agenda. They um, give them to you in the public school, but in college, you have to buy your own. Um, so that would be that's where I kind of started off next um, is the supplies and the backpack. Of course, I kind of tended to use my backpack until it worn out wore out um I didn't get a new one every year which is totally fine with me I think I again like to kind of like use things kind of till they die um so that's kind of a start just getting all your supplies in need um so once you kind of get into school so those are I would say those are the two most important things you have um in order to go back to school um you know it's really important to just take a breath and really kind of just take things day by day. Because like I said, getting back into the routine can be really hard and challenging for sure. Um, so you really want to make sure you're setting yourself up for success. So now that you have your, uh, now that you're kind of pre-planned, when you get to school, then that first week, um, and this is speaking more towards the college students, you really want to make that direct communication with your um advisor or your professors about your disability, especially if you're enrolled in uh, the uh, ADA, you know, in the disability services program or the voc rehab. Um, they're probably different for each university, but you want to make sure that your professor knows that you have those accommodations, whatever they may be, um, because you are legally allowed and entitled to use them during the course of the semester and they cannot tell you no. Um, and there's definitely, I have been very lucky to not have that experience, but I know of, uh, other individuals who have had experiences with that, with, um, their professor not accommodating them. Um, and sometimes it was because of lack of communication and other times it was just an unwillingness. But again, this is where communication comes in and it's really important to have that conversation within the first week of school. And as stressful as that might sound, because you're like, oh my gosh, I have to have all my school supplies. I have to figure out where all my classes are. I have to talk to my professor. Like, what am I going to do, you know? So, but it is really important to have um, that conversation with, that, with your professors and all of them. And also when you're having that conversation, so just kind of tips for that is um, really be aware that, <coughs> excuse me, I have to get some water. Um, Depending on what type of class you're taking, the accommodations you have can be changed, but they can, you know, you can have the same standard accommodations, but they can tweak them for each little class if you ask. Um, and you, again, communicate that with your DSS provider um, or your, like your disability coordinator on the university. We call them DSS. Um, it's... Um, but I basically had like the same couple. I was allowed um, extended test taking time. I had a note taker. Um, what else did I have? I'm trying to think of those were the two main ones I had for accommodations uh, for college. Um, 
I had, um, I'm just trying to think, for elementary school, one of the things that they kind of got on me for was um, uh, doing things too fast. I always like to hurry up and rush my work. So they would try to come up with ways that I would have to um, slow down and really put in effort to uh, make my work look presentable Um, because it kind of, you know, impacts everything when you work too fast. And unfortunately, it's not something that I'm very good at, even to this day. Um, So I um, had that accommodation in elementary school. And then I was also in um, in, uh, speech therapy and occupational therapy at some point. Um, and those just allow me those, uh, supportive services to, um, enhance my other skills at school. Um, so those were some accommodations that I had. Um, I'm trying to think back. Um, basically that was like the, the number one complaint was that I had, um, I always take things way too fast. And even as an adult right now, that is just something that I am trying to work on. And it's definitely the, a tortoise um, progress because, um, it is just something that's so ingrained in me. But, um, anyway, I'm kind of getting off topic, but basically, um, it's really important to talk about, um, just to be aware of what accommodations, what main ones you're going to look for, but know that you can tweak them as long as you communicate that. And you can, um, kind of, I don't want to use the word justify, but kind of talk about, uh, why you think it would be a good accommodation. So, um, yeah, accommodations are really important and making sure that you're communicating your accommodations and for your kiddos as well, like if you're a parent of a kid with a disability, um, always make sure, you know, you have your IEP meetings. I would make an initial contact with your child's teacher about, you know, what your perspective is. And, you know, even if they have like 20 other students, they still have to honor the IEP plans um, and work with them and the parents throughout the year and all the support staff as well. Um, so yeah, I think accommodations are really important. Um, some, what, uh, some other ones I know for kiddos, um, for accommodations are, um, preferential seating. Um, what's another one? I know there's like certain types of, um, like physical equipment that you can use for individuals if they need it. Um, a standing desk, that's an accommodation. Um, I actually had a different desk. I had, um, a bigger desk than, uh, my peers because I had trouble organizing. So they gave me a bigger desk to um, allow me more space to um, organize my stuff. So that was, a, that. just thinking back, that was another accommodation I had in elementary school. Um, so yes, along with accommodations and, um, you know, communication, having a schedule, um, if you're, you know, in college, knowing where your classes are gonna be. And I had a map, um, at the university I went to, and I highlighted all the buildings I had classes in, and then I would just walk around the map, um, walk around until I got familiar with campus, and I didn't need to do that, um, because you'll, for most campuses, you'll eventually have classes in the same building, um, so that's kind of what I do, um, I know I'm kind of jumping back and forth between, uh, public school and college, but I'm just trying to, um, kind of get a whole holistic, um, view of it and I think it's 
base mostly all applicable. And the communication piece is really important and the preparedness and the um, knowledge of what your child's limitations are and communic- uh, again, communicating that with the professor or the teacher. Um, so it's really important, yeah, to have those services. Um, another tool that I think is helpful when planning for back to school is really having contacts you can go to if you need help. I had various people on campus and in elementary school and, or public school uh, that I knew I could go to if I was having trouble. And it doesn't even have to be a professor. It could be somebody in the registrar's office. It could be somebody at the health clinic. Um, just somebody you know that you can make a connection with that if you're ever having trouble, um, you can reach out to that person and get questions answered or get support. We've talked about support in previous episodes. You know, you could get some informational support or esteem support, um, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, it's really important to be able to utilize that and your resources and building those connections. For example, um, I was fortunate enough that my both my dad and my stepdad worked at my university. And so I knew people and I actually had a place to go take a nap if I wanted. Um, yeah, and that's really funny. Um, actually, one time I, my dad had this big couch in his office and um, I didn't know he had a meeting. So I went there and shut the door and <laughs> tried to take a nap. Um, I'm sorry, dad, if you're listening, but, um, I took a nap and I guess he like walked in with one of his, um, people he was going to have a meeting with. And, um, he was like, yeah, that's my daughter. So (laughs) we'll go meet in the conference room. Um, sorry, but yeah, so I, I had a safe place to go to. Um, again, I realized that most people aren't going to be in that position, but it doesn't have to be a parent. It can be a friend that you have, um, well, friend as well, but it could be, you know, um, somebody within your program or a professor or an advisor, just somebody to have a connection with that you can lean on in case you have an emergency. So, I, you know, and again, I think that going back to the public school and like your, the younger kiddos, I think making those connections within your school, uh, and that doesn't necessarily mean joining the PTA and stressing yourself out, but it could be, oh, like I want to volunteer in my kiddos classroom once a week or once a month, you know, or it could be, you know, I want to go on the field trips or, you know, I kind of just want to make sure that the teacher and I are at least touching base, you know, frequently, like maybe on a schedule, like once a week, you have a check-in to be able to have ongoing communication because that really is the most important thing in order to solve problems and um, address concerns. I guess that's the same thing, but you get what I'm saying. Um, So I think that that's really important. I think that it's just really, really, really important to um, have a proactive plan, like we have talked about in this previous episode. An additional tip is also making sure that you're taking care of yourself outside of school or classes, especially if you're in college. And that could mean taking a class that's a fitness class that's not necessarily towards your major, but it could be um, a good uh, physical outlet for you. So for example, when I was in college for most of my semesters, I took a fitness class and that could be aerobics or yoga or um, Pilates. I took Pilates one semester. Um, I also took a weight training class. That was really interesting. Um, 
But really just having like, a, you know, and I also took a choir as well. So having a couple classes that are fun to be able to, um, you know, have an outlet. You don't want to be studying all the time. And even though college and studying is really important, it's not the end all be all. And you need to be able to have an outlet outside of studying, especially on campus. That could also mean joining groups. Uh, like I said, I joined choir, um, but there's definitely other activities you can join on campus um, that are suited to your own hobbies and interests. Uh, and by allowing yourself to do that, you can make friends and, again, build that social network as well as really kind of just build your self-esteem and work on new skills and build, um, you know, yourself up and kind of explore. You know, college is definitely a time to explore who you are and uh, what you're interested in, what's going to work for you and what's not going to work for you. Um, so have d- a definite plan for an outlet. Um, and it, you don't even have to limit it to campus. You could, you know, maybe you have a church group or somebody on off campus that you like to hang out with, especially if you're in the dorm room, you know, get out of your dorm room and go do something. Um, you know, if you don't have a car, you can always ask a friend to come get you or public transportation. Um, so really having that social network outlet um, is really going to help be beneficial. And as far as the little kid, little kids go, I would say that um, making sure they have an outlet. You know, maybe it's gymnastics or baseball or the clarinet or give them something to do that they feel good about doing and that um, they enjoy doing. Uh, to be able to have that outlet, especially with the kiddos who have a lot of uh, energy uh, in the classroom, it's really important for them to have that physical outlet. Because um, I was definitely one of those hyper kids for sure. Um, so yeah, I think that that's really important. And it's really just going to be able to, um, like I said, build relationships, build self-esteem, kind of grow into a new individual. And plus, when you're a whole, in a whole new environment, that is kind of the time to explore. So that's kind of what I did. Um, and I was able to make new friends from it and really kind of just figure out who I was and what I was good at. I think the last thing to really kind of wrap up this episode is to talk about uh, the importance of rest and sleeping and having a schedule. Having a set schedule allows you to be able to develop a routine that's going to work for your current situation. And that can be applicable for both adults and children uh, to keep them on the same routine just so they know what's expected and what's coming up for them. Because, you know, having routine and structure can provide a predictable environment where a child feels safe and, you know, adults too. Uh, And you kind of just know what's going on, especially when you're dealing with a chronic illness. At least I find for me, I kind of like to know know what's going on. And I kind of have learned that I get obsessive if I don't. And that's definitely something I've been working on. But on the other side of the thing, you know, I know that like I need to be kind of in the loop about what's going on and being on top of my routine. So I have like a set bedtime routine and a um, morning routine that I get up and do. So having that schedule is going to be very vital and allow you to um, have the best success. And I would suggest starting that schedule maybe like a week before school even starts so you can get it back into that routine. Because if you do it the night before, you're like, oh my goodness, I start a whole new schedule tomorrow. And that can be very, very um, stressful. So I think that it would be very good to have, um, you know, some time to kind of ease back into school um, for both adults and children. 
But that's kind of what I did. I kind of, um, and then where school is concerned, you know, I kind of just got myself into a groove. Like, I knew for college that I had uh, this class on this day, this day, and this day. And I had that class on that day, that day, and that day. And I kind of just developed a schedule. And I had a little schedule in my backpack and, um, Oh, like my, I shouldn't, my backpack, but my folder, um, that allowed me to kind of look about and kind of plan my week. Um, so having an agenda with that's really helpful. Uh, but I think that, uh, back to the whole rest thing, it's really important also to make sure you're getting enough sleep. I personally like to make sure that I get eight hours of sleep. Um, I, as a kid, I never liked to sleep. Um, but as an adult, I like love to sleep. And I think that most adults could probably relate to that. Um, I never slept as a kid. It was pretty bad, but, um, I love to sleep now. And I think that having a good schedule that allows you to sleep or do any other important activities, self-care, resting, which is self-care, but you know what I mean, um, allows you to be the best version and have you have the best success. So I really hope those five tools were really uh, helpful and, can provide a great success for you guys in their first week. And I would love to hear about how you incorporated some of these tools into your first week back to school. So leave a comment on that TikTok or Instagram, and I will, um, I will catch up with you guys next week. Thank you for listening. So I know I said there was only going to be five tips, but after recording the episode, I kind of just wanted to do a little bit of a wrap up um, and kind of just add my own personal note, I guess. Um, College can be really hard. It can be really hard. I had an experience where I had to change majors, and something that was my dream forever. I was originally an elementary education major, and that did not pan out just because of my limitations. And I had gotten so far into the program, um, and I had to switch to communication, which looking back has just been amazing, and I'm so glad I did it. But obviously, that that was its own little you know, experience and kind of traumatic, you know, for me, for it being the first time that I kind of ventured out on my own and, you know, just finding out who I was and having to shift my expectations about what my college experience was going to look like. But um, my point in telling you all this is it, it really is worth it to be able to get your degree and go out into the world and make a contribution is so rewarding. And I, um, there are going to be really tough days, so don't get me wrong there, but I really just want you guys to be able to believe in yourself, even if no one else does, because it is so worth it, and if you're a child, you know, if you're a parent of a child who's younger and in public school, just really, really motivate them, it, you know, kind of try to address their needs and problems, and it, um, you know, just don't give up. It's It can be a very long journey, but the destination is so beautiful, which just sounds kind of cliche and corny, so I'm just going to wrap this up right now, but I did just want to leave that note. Okay, I hope you guys all have a great week.